0: Hello and welcome to the Study, Apply, Thrive podcast. I am Vita Cash, your host, and I am so glad you're here. This week, we're going to just focus on one passage of scripture that I want you to study and apply so that you can thrive in every area of your life. So go ahead and grab a cup of tea, your journal, a pen and a Bible, or your electronic note taker or whatever you have. And let's get into the word of God. hello brilliant women i hope you are doing fantastic today we are going to study and apply psalms chapter 28 verses 7 through 8 now before we get into the word i have to give a little recap of why today's podcast is going to be a little different I usually spend about 10 or 15 minutes with you and give you something good to meditate on for the week. I give you a verse to study and apply and just want you to have a good, solid, uh, brief Bible study for the week. And today I'm going to be a little bit longer because I need to deal with an issue um, that is very important to specifically African-American women and then all women in general, because I want all women, because women of all um, races and from different countries listen to this podcast. I want you to know how to be a good advocate for your African-American sister. And I have a little bit of time today and I'm going to take that time. Uh, Today is Friday. It's a Friday morning. And so this happened on Tuesday evening. I was on the Twitter and I know it's not called the Twitter. It was never called the Twitter, but that's what I like to call it. And it's not called that anymore. And I saw Uh, something trending that just made me angry. I'm just going to be very transparent with you ladies. It made me angry. And it was a current reality TV show personality who is an African American doctor. And she was trending because she made a statement that was absolutely incorrect unfair and really unfortunate. She is an obstetrician and she made a statement that African-American women should stop crying wolf and should stop being so dramatic when they go in to see their obstetrician because it makes it hard for the obstetrician to treat them because they don't know what's real and what is not. Um, uh, I, I, I want to say so much, ladies, and this is my safe place to be real with the audience that God has called me to, but I'm going to use my words wisely and I'm going to allow my words to be laced in grace and laced in the anointing of God, not in my own personality and what, what I could say there. Um, First of all, I will say that there have been times that I have said things that when I went back and listened to it, I said, oh man, I wish I wouldn't have said that. that, that wasn't right. It wasn't fair. Um it wasn't spirit-led there have been things that i have said that i wish that i can take back and so She has since made a statement to say that her words were taken out of context. I don't believe they were taken out of context. I believe that she, like me, just wish she would not have said it and will probably rethink her perspective later. But I still, as your co-pastor, as your first lady, for some of you as your spiritual mom, I still need to deal with it because what she said is a mentality that is very widespread in the medical community, that Black women unfortunately, have been forced to wear this banner of strength. And it has become synonymous with the quality of your personality. If you're a black woman, and you're strong, meaning that you're able to endure all things, financial hardship, uh, physical hardship, emotional strain, uh, bad marriages, bad relationships, unruly children, if you can endure that, it's given to you like a crown, like you are just so amazing because you have this strength where our counterparts, our white sisters who we we have sisters who just don't look like us. They have been given the freedom to be as fragile as they want to be. They can break a nail and need to take off from work. They can have a pain and every doctor in the ER will attend to them. But a black woman, a African-American woman, whatever term you want to use today. I'm really just, I, y'all give me grace. Okay. Um, she has had to have been forced to wear this cloak of strength that she did not select for herself. It does not fit her well. it does not flatter her at all, but it is what is expected of black women and I want you brilliant women, and we call ourselves brilliant women because we have the wisdom of God and the light of Christ. I want you to stand up in all of your radiant brilliance and break the cycle of needing to be strong. God has never called us to be strong. He's called us to allow him to be our strength. And so you have as much right as anyone else to complain about every ouch, to complain about every ache, to complain about every concern, to complain about what you think might possibly be an issue, even if it's nothing there. You have the right to advocate for yourself and to have medical professionals who take each and every one of your concerns as seriously as you do. There's nowhere in the world that requires you to be a strong black woman, that requires you to be a superhero, to wear a cape or to do any of the other things that society has put on you. So this mentality of African-American women, and I'm speaking specifically about African-American women because I've never lived in another country. I've been to several other countries, but I'm not well versed in the societal norms, in the societal expectations of other countries. So I'm speaking specifically about the United States today this idea of Black women needing to be strong started with enslavement. We were judged by the strength of our wombs, by having to have multiple babies just to keep the enslaved population going. We were judged by the strength of our breasts because we had to not only feed our own children, but feed the children of the enslavers. We were uh, judged by the strength of our labor, how much labor could we do? How much sunlight could our skin take? all of these things were forced upon us, not something that God put on the inside of us from the from the beginning. Because again, God has always said that he is our strength. He never expected us to rely on our own strength. And we should not allow other people to force us to be something that God never said we needed to be. So then moving away from enslavement, our measurement of strength began to be how well we were able to carry the black family. Our men have been conditioned by society to not have as many opportunities for financial advancement, or educational advancement or other types of advancement as their white brother counterparts because of the condition of this society and so black women have had to carry the financial load have had to be concerned about needing to be a single mom because our our men are being taken away from us and put into the incarceration system or the prison system or going to the cemetery. And so we've had to carry these things, but just because we've had to carry it doesn't mean that it is God's design for our life. That is not what God has designed for us. And now even moving forward to 2023, there are many black women listening to this podcast, thousands of you who have husbands, who are gainfully employed and make as much money as you or more money than you or twice as many, twice as much salary as you do, there are thousands of you. But for every thousand of you who have that story, there are 10,000 black women who don't have that story. There are 10,000 black women who have a husband who loves them, but makes less money or is less educated. And it does not speak to his character necessarily. It does not speak to his desire necessarily. It speaks to the system that we live in, that God's anointing can break that system. There's nothing that our God can't do. But if we're not aware to it, and if we're not willing to speak to it, and the Bible says that there's death and life in the power of our tongue, if we're not willing to speak death to the old system and speak life to the new system, we'll continue to see this cycle happening over and over again. So back to this doctor, this educated African-American woman who sat there and said that Black women should stop being fragile. She used the word overdramatic and crying wolf, but that means fragility. Black women, when you go to the doctor and she's an obstetrician, and this applies to obstetrics, but this applies to any branch of medication, you deserve to have a doctor who takes every concern that you have seriously. And if you have a discernment about your body that Holy Spirit gives you, more than likely you are correct. There are very few women who just want to be sick. There are very few women who just want to go to all these appointments. We go because we know that there's something not right. And you have a right to have a doctor take you seriously. We're going to get to the word. I know, Cosby, we ain't read the word yet. We're 10 minutes in. We haven't read the word. We're going to get to the word. But I want to drive this point home so much that you don't have to be strong. God didn't call you to be strong. He called you to rely on his strength. And I've been very open about my journey. Past, I'm saying my, because it's just us women here, but it's Pastor Russell and I together. Um, we got through that together. God blessed us together about my infertility issues. I've been very open about that. I've preached about it. On public platforms, it's no secret. Um, I had a miscarriage. I have had several, but this particular one, I had a miscarriage at 18 weeks, a little boy, and I delivered him because I have an incompetent cervix. So I go to the ER, find out the the hospital's not um, the. Pregnancy is not going to be viable, and I stay overnight in the hospital because I'm in labor. I deliver this little boy at 18 weeks, not viable. Um, no way possible. This baby's going to be viable, and when they discharge me, I tell them I don't feel well, and the doctors, all white doctors, tell me I'm being emotional and I'm fine. I just lost a baby. It's hormones. They give me all these reasons why. I should be fine. So I go home because what do I know? I had never had a baby before and I am emotional. I did just leave my baby. I'm devastated because all I wanted to be in my life, I've always wanted to be a mom. So of course I'm devastated. So I go home and it's about two days after delivery and I just don't feel well. And I spike a fever. So I call my insurance plan and they tell me to go to the ER and I, I have a fever. My fever is 103, 104. Um, i just as something is wrong and i get to the hospital the er washington hospital center i'm calling people out by name today washington hospital center and a an old white doctor comes in to see me and he says i see here you had an abortion now i just had a miscarriage a couple of days ago i'm devastated emotionally i'm sad i mean i'm grieving and I said, no, I didn't have a, uh, an abortion. I had a miscarriage. He said, oh, it's the same. So we're going to just call it an abortion. I said, no, it's not the same. An abortion is making a very difficult decision to end a pregnancy. A miscarriage is when your body decides to end the pregnancy. It is not the same thing. And so we're in the room and he says, he says abortion again. And Pastor Cash at the time, who wasn't Pastor Cash, said, if you say abortion one more time, we going to have a problem and so now he's threatening this man with physical violence so it turns out that I have an infection. I have to be admitted to the hospital and I stay in the hospital for three days so they can give me um, IV antibiotics. And at the end of that three days, the fever is gone. They say the infection is gone and they go to discharge me and I say, but I still don't feel well. Something is still wrong. I don't feel well. And I say, oh, you're fine. You're emotional. You're everything. You're, you're fine. You're fine. So a, a nurse wills me down. She says, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. I get home. I still don't feel well. I'm being convinced that it's my emotions. But I'm like, no, it's something else. I I don't feel well. So I go to my school at the time I'm finished at GW. I'm taking a graduate class. I go to there. Um, so I'm at GW. I told you, I'm just telling us. I want y'all to see how real this is. And... I'm meeting with one of the TAs to take an exam that I missed because I wasn't, if I was having babies having a baby rather. And I tell the, the team, I'm talking to, I said, I don't feel well. I really don't feel well. And I pass out and I wake up when the ambulance are coming to put me on a gurney and I'm laying on the floor of this building at GW. I'm laying in a pool of blood because I have begun to hemorrhage because all of the placenta and things like that had not come out when I had the miscarriage, but because the doctors did not listen to me now, my life is in danger. So I'm in the ambulance and I'm in and out of consciousness. I'm having a very hard time staying awake. And If you've ever hemorrhaged and lose and has lost a great amount of blood, you know that it's very difficult to even stay in a state of consciousness. And I asked the, the, um, Ambulance person, I'm uh, the medic. Am I gonna die? And he said, "Not in the ambulance. It's too much paperwork." That's what he says to me. So I get to the hospital. I'm at GW Hospital. They took great care of me, and they. It was like a scene on a medical show. I have an IV in my neck. I have IVs in my arms. I have all these people working on me because. My blood pressure is low. Everything is shrink because I'm losing so much blood. I end up having to have emergency surgery to remove everything that was there and then having to have a blood transfusion to replace all the blood that I lost. After that ordeal, I felt better. I was fine because they finally got to the root of it. All of that could have been avoided if a doctor had listened to me. I wasn't being dramatic. I wasn't being emotional. I wasn't crying wolf. I wasn't trying to get out of work as this famous doctor said that many black women want to get out of work. I was advocating for myself. So women of God, when you go to any kind of medical professional, you have a right to not downplay your symptoms. You have a biblical right to say exactly what's going on with you and if that doctor won't listen to you I want you to go to another doctor and then go to another doctor until you find the ordained doctor that God has for you that works within your rhythm and understands that when she says it hurts I'm going to investigate it and even though it might not be anything I'm going to investigate it now let's look at Psalms (laughs) chapter 28, and look at verse 7. It says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him, my heart trusts, and I am helped, and my heart exalts. With my song, I give thanks to him. The Lord is the strength of his people, he is the saving refuge of his anointing. It says that the Lord is my strength, not my experience not what I've been through, not my need. A lot of times we allow our need to fuel this false sense of strength. My children need to eat. My husband needs some clean clothes. My job needs me to finish the project. The church needs me to be there. This needs, my mom needs this. My dad needs this. And so because everybody around us needs something, we conjure up this strength that is actually counterproductive to us, that is actually hurtful to us because other people need things. God has said for us to depend on him and point other people to depend on him and allow him to be our strength. And so if you look at verse uh, nine, this is so good. It says, oh, save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. And now the writer here is going from talking about the Lord being his strength to the Lord being his shepherd and saving his heritage. But I want to remind you of what the Bible says in another book of Psalms, that children are the heritage of the Lord. And so when you have your strength defined properly and placed in the right places, your strength being God can help preserve your heritage. It can help preserve your children. So your Not doing your children justice when you put on this falsehood of strength, you're doing them a disjustice because God can take care of your situation so much better than you can, and that's Psalms 127, verse 3. You and when you allow God to be God things will work out so much better than if you try to be the superhero, if you try to be the strong one, if you try to wear the cape. Allow God to be God. The earth is not going to fall off its axis. It is not going to stop spinning. Guess what? Your husband pretends like he doesn't know how to cook, but he knows how to make a sandwich. Those children are able to learn the multiplication facts the same way with you sitting there with them. You can pray and say, God, I'm so exhausted. The baby has a test tomorrow. I can't sit with them. But God, you said in your word that Holy Spirit will bring everything to our remembrance. Allow this child to be able to remember these seven timetable facts. You can begin to walk in the authority that God has given you and allow him to be your strength for you to open up your mouth and ask God what you need strength for and allow God to perform it so that you don't perform it. One of the reasons that African-American women die so much quicker or have a shorter lifespan than African-American men is because we wear this falsehood of strength. A guy be like, look, it's time for the game. I don't have time for that right now. And sit down and chill. And we get upset. We We turn into Martha. Remember, Martha's like, Jesus, look at Mary. She's just sitting there. And what does Jesus say to her? She's doing the needful thing. She's getting the word that she needs. She's getting the rest that she needs. She's not wearing the superhero cape. And so I'm saying to you, brilliant women, don't wear the superhero cape, especially when it comes to your health and your wellness and your pregnancy or your cardiovascular system or your anything. When it comes to your health, you have the biblical right to be as fragile as anybody else. And if it hurts, you can go to the ER if you want to. If, it's, if you don't like the opinion of the doctor, you can go to a second opinion and you can get a third opinion. Now, you're not going looking for a problem. If there's no problem there, you need to be at peace. that There's no problem here. But if you know deep down on the inside, if you know in your knower that something is not right, you have a right to have a doctor who believes in you. It shouldn't have to be stressful because the doctor's telling you you're fine and you know that there is something else there. And when you know that, I want you to pray and ask God to reveal it to you. Ask God to reveal it to your doctor. I don't want you to be strong. I want you to become prayerful because prayer is strength. Going to God is strength. Being vulnerable before the Father is strength. It takes strength to be able to sit still before the Lord when there are 20 other things you can be doing. When there's a load of clothes that need to be folded. And there's dishes that need to be washed and there's sandwiches that need to be made. It takes strength and restraint to say, no, I'm going to do the needful thing. I'm going to sit before the father and allow him to take care of me before I go and take care of these other people. So I forgive this doctor for what she said because she gave an apology statement and I want people to forgive me when I apologize. I don't have the right to test the validity of her heart of what she said She said she didn't mean it that way. So I'm going to have to believe that she didn't mean it that way. But I didn't want any woman under the covering of this ministry to hear that foolishness and think that it is real. She was absolutely wrong with what she said. And you have the right, women of God, to have a doctor who believes you and will advocate with you with your insurance and things like that to get you the care that you need. So... I want you to study and apply the word every single week when we do this podcast, but I really, really, really want you to get this. I want you to just release the need to be strong. You don't have to be strong. It's okay for you to cry. It's okay for you to be tired. It's okay for you to say that you are angry. It's okay for you to say that you are mad. It's okay for you to say that you're a disappointment and you don't have to worry about being labeled as an angry black woman. Forget about what other people label you. God. said that you are his anointed. He said that you are another speaking spirit. He said in Psalms 23 that he will cause you to lay down by the still water and he'll lead you to the green pasture. God doesn't want you strong. He wants you rested. He wants you cared for. He sees you as a precious, precious gift and he handles you as such. And I want you to start requiring society to handle you the way that God handles you with care, with grace, and with love. And so I want you to study these scriptures. I want you to study Psalm 28. If you write in your Bible, underline it, highlight it, make a screen uh, saver for it on your phone, share it on social, share this episode on social because we need women to be free from this foolishness. I want you to study it. I want you to write it. I want you to memorize it. I want you to do all the things with this particular verse. I want you to apply it by adjusting yourself to it. Shift your mentality today. Take off the superhero cape. Take off the cloak of strength and just allow yourself to be whatever you need to be in the presence of God and allow him to be your strength so that you don't have to be strong in your own right. And then I want you to share this. And if you study and apply this, you will thrive in this area and we will begin to change the narrative of women, especially in pregnancy. And I forgot to say this earlier. Black women die three times more often in childbirth or in child or in pregnancy related illnesses than white women. Why is that? Because doctors don't listen to us because the medical profession has this bias against black women that we're supposed to be so strong. And so when we say that our pain level is at a seven, they think we can take it up to a 10 and they don't treat us with the same sense of urgency that they do white women. That is not a slight on our white sisters. This is not a white woman bashing podcast. This is a slight against the medical profession who has a bias against black women. We need to break that cycle We do not want our sisters dying in childbirth related things, around pregnancy related things because they're not being heard. Let go of the need to be strong and begin to advocate for yourself and advocate for your sister. And if you don't feel like something is right, you keep talking until the right doctor listens to you. I love you so very much. I know I took a little bit longer today and I do not apologize for that because what, what was said needed to be said. Have a wonderful day, and I will see you at Flow Church this Sunday at 8 a.m., 10 a.m., or 6.30 p.m. at live.flow-church.tv. I love you. Again, you are not strong. You're blessed. You're anointed. You're precious before the sight of God. You are deeply loved. You're another speaking spirit. You are a miracle. God works miracles through you. You have so many other things going on for you. Let go of the strength. Let go of that and allow God to be your strength.